With the call of the AFC Divisional Playoff game, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Kansas City Chiefs, it's Kevin Harlan of Westwood One Sports and CBS Sports, of course, on television, on radio this week, covering the NFL for 38 years on Monday Night Football on Westwood One since 2009. It's great to talk with you, Kevin. And can you believe the Jaguars are here? Hey, JP, great to be on with you. And uh, yeah, yeah, I can. Uh, the way they finished the season, they played the Chiefs tough at Arrowhead earlier in the year. As we know, they, they've had a they've had a miraculous finish to the year. And I think people would always say that the way you finish, the momentum you carry, the peak you've achieved uh, are all things that lead to these kind of Cinderella runs. Now, I don't know that anybody could, and you saw it firsthand, could have predicted what happened against the Chargers in the wild card round. But uh, clear, listen, this team has beaten Dallas in overtime. Um, they have they have shown their mettle, and they are as legitimate a team to make this divisional round as any of the remaining teams, especially after what we saw this past weekend with the Giants going to Minnesota and winning. Um, no, they're right there in that conversation, and it's terrific to see. Kevin, you've covered this league for a long, long time. So where does last week's comeback rank for you? 27 down, that's nearly unheard of. It is. And uh, in those circumstances with, um, you know, uh, uh, a playoff game, national lights, a big stage, uh, an emerging team that people are really kind of still learning about, um, it has to rank as one of the great comebacks. Now, listen, we've seen – uh, in this in this arena before the Buffalo comeback against the Oilers, we have seen the old Houston Oilers. We have seen teams mount comebacks before, but for whatever reason, uh, this really stood out. I don't know if it was because Al Michaels was on the call and you had this legendary broadcaster that was chronicling it. Um, it, it just seems so improbable, especially the way. The Chargers jumped out to the big early lead. You thought, my goodness, this is, you know, th th this thing is over. And I know a lot of people probably switched the channel. Um, but the one thing about this team that Doug has instilled in it, certainly, is the belief that you've got to continue to chop. You've got to continue to row. You've got to continue uh, to chisel away. And that's what they did. And when you have it put in terms of we make this step, then we take the next step, then we take the next step within a game you know, the belief builds. And now what you've done this past weekend and what you did to finish the regular season to get here in the first place, I think speaks volumes of the turnaround this season. But the belief these kids have in what they can do, the product they show and, and how they go about their business, th their confidence has got to be sky high coming into Arrowhead this weekend. My thinking is after watching the game on tape, and and uh, and and reading what people have written about that game and seeing the way you finished that, you know, in these playoffs, anything is possible. So th they're playing with house money. They have no they've not one ounce of pressure on them coming into Arrowhead. And I think that's the best way to go in there. You let it rip and you see where it, where it takes you. Kevin Harlan with us. Of course, Doug Peterson this week was asked about the house money idea. He said, hey, our money, house money, doesn't matter. We're here now. So uh, go play the football game against the top-seeded Kansas City Chiefs. You know, this team had back-to-back -back seasons or back-to-back -back drafts with the number one overall pick. And now 
They've rallied from four games back in the division to win the AFC South, and and we know where they are now in the divisional round of the playoffs. A turnaround is incredible, but it starts, as you said, with Peterson and his leadership ability and his consistent messaging, not just in-game, but game-to-game. I mean, they were four back, and all the goals were still out there. He started with it then. Is there a – I don't think you could have found a better hire for this organization at this time than a guy like Doug Peterson. And bulky. I mean, like, like, like both of these guys have come in and brought, uh, you know, tremendous credentials. Um, he's been to a Super Bowl. Speaking of Doug, he has played the game recently where he is uh, known to have been in some pretty good programs in particular with Favre up in, up in Green Bay. But what he's done recently with Philadelphia in winning the Super Bowl and just the way he turned that thing around. I think gives you a feel that, you know, anything is possible. And clearly they, they have believed that what he's done with Trevor is not unlike what uh, Brian Dable has done with Daniel Jones up with the giants. You need the right voice in these kids head. You need, you need the right direction. You need a guy who knows the quarterbacking position, knows offenses, knows what at this stage of a player's career is going to work, knows the ceiling or the unlimited ceiling that player might have. And you accentuate the positives, you accentuate what they do well. And Doug, because he played the position and played it at a very high level in, a, in, a, in an offense that was very far-reaching in Green Bay and other places where he was, um, I, I just think translates very well. When you've when, when you've had that experience, and, and Dable had it with Josh Allen, in Buffalo, when you when you've when you've worked those mechanics, um, and you you get a talent like Lawrence and and know what he's done and and what he brings and where you think he may go, it just it, it's a pretty good combination. The belief factor, I think, in what Doug is saying is tremendous, and that goes right from Caldwell. I mean, like all these all these voices that that locker room is hearing, um, I, I think clearly is is being heard, and and. So they come and they played here. They know Arrowhead. They know what they're facing. They know the wall of noise that will come falling in on them. And and the Chiefs, quite frankly, have not played some of their best football here in the last you know six weeks. They've they've struggled twice against Denver, which you know teams have have uh, you know were kind of rolling over. And Denver played their best games against Kansas City. I know you guys played them. And uh, and they struggled against Houston in Houston. It took overtime to beat them down there. Um, they finished in a flourish with the very discombobulated Raider team and finished off their season strongly where they've got the number one seed. But this is a team, like, there are no perfect teams, and they've got flaws like every team does. And And I think, you know, when you know that and know the expectations, there is a little bit more on the Chiefs. And I think you go back to the temperament that has been set by Peterson and that staff with the Jaguars, and 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 you say, you know, um, uh, both are probably coming in in the right frame of mind. One team fe- feels invincible because of what they just did, and that can serve you well on the road in a very hostile environment. The other team comes in saying, we've been down this road. We've been pushed. We have found a way to win. Uh, maybe it's not been our best football, but we know that when we need to flip the switch, we can. And that that is always going to be there. So uh, I think it, it it mixes for a pretty entertaining game Saturday at Arrowhead. 
Kevin Harlan with us. Westwood One Sports will have the call of the Jaguars and the Chiefs in the AFC Divisional Playoff game. Well, you know, obviously Bill Belichick over the last 40 years in the NFL has been kind of the defensive, obviously, guru coordinator before he became the head coach and had the, the great run, obviously. But Andy Reid, I, I would have to think, is the offensive idea of that, the way he started in Green Bay, and now his coaching tree is reaching all over the NFL, including Doug Peterson. What is it about Reid's style uh, offensive play calling ideas, especially in the red zone. You know, what, what stands out the most to you about Andy and his style as a coach? You know, I just think, JP, that he has a um, a very even keel view of, of what an offense should be. Now, listen, he's playing with a generational talent in Mahomes. He knows he can do things with him that he can't do with most quarterbacks. Uh, the way Mahomes can maneuver the way he uses different parts of the field to unload the ball, the way he buys time for his receivers. I mean, you just go right on down the list. He checks every box. And so that, that leads you to feel, you know, that, that we've got some, uh, we got some creative play here at hand. We can use our imagination and we're only limited by the size of our imagination with what he can do. And we've seen some, some very interesting formations, but, but he just has, I think a, a very good and they make a, they make good adjustments too and I think Andy again because he is even keel isn't swayed too much emotionally and looks at the game differently. I think he's got some terrific assistant coaches. He's had some as you've mentioned that have gone on, Doug being one of them. Uh when he left Kansas City and went to Philadelphia as a head coach, he's had these these very good Matt Nagy is there now. He's um he's had Mike Kafka who uh, is now with the Giants. So, like, he has brought in, you know, kind of innovative minds to feed his think tank, and that has proven to be a very um, good thing. He, he likes the younger coaches. He likes the environment um, and, and the feel and the energy they bring. And they're saying, why not? Why why not try, you know, the, the, the tight end under center, then the flips the quarterback who's in a wing position. And, you know, I mean, like just di different stuff that, that a lot of guys say, uh, we can't go there because it, it, it's, it's too much for our offense to handle with him. They say we, we have no bounds with what our offense can handle. And that, that does make a difference and has made a difference with Reed and, and this, and this uh, coaching staff and certainly with the quarterback Mahomes, he's got a hall of fame tight end. Um, it's kind of been a revolving door actually at wide receiver. There's not been, a Tyreek Hill that has come in and and been that that trailblazer where with his speed alone changes the game and tilts the field. But what he can do is he can get the most out of a Juju Smith-Schuster and and probably get about as much out of him as any coach in the league. He he finds opportunities with what players can do, plays to their strengths, and he's got a quarterback with an unlimited play sheet, and that that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good combination. Like I said, the tight end who will be in Canton someday uh, gives him a whole nother, you know, a, a folio of, of of plays and possibilities that that make it make it very unique. Um, it, it does, I think, at times put stress on that offensive line. They're asked to do some kind of incredible things and think outside the box a little bit. It's not a traditional right guard or left tackle. You you've got to think a little bit outside because that's the way the offense is is maneuvering and is constructed but that's what makes Reed so great he just I just don't think he ever says no he he says well how can we and and let's think about this a second let's let's get a moment of pause 
and figure out how we can make this crazy idea, you know, look, uh, you know, on the field and, and how we can pull it off. So um, he instills that in his assistance. We've, as you mentioned, we've seen him go on to bigger and brighter things. One is coaching this Jaguar team that comes in. Uh, Doug knows Andy very well. He'll help the defensive side prepare for what they anticipate to see. But I think a lot of times, and JP, in these kind of situations, these coaches just say, let's play to what we do. Let's worry about us first and foremost, and, and we'll sprinkle it, and then let the coaches worry about what the other team is doing. I mean, know certainly the basics and know what a what a McKinnon can do as a running back and and just the way the Chiefs will know what Lawrence is capable of, and they've watched a lot of tape on this kid, I'm sure, with the, the week's rest in particular. They've uh, they've got a pretty good book on him. Um, so, but I think these coaches say, you know, let's not overload. Let's play free and 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 make that kind of our basis and do what we do and see where it translates. And we'll make the adjustments along the way. And I think Andy is just so good about that. Doesn't inundate the players with too much, but just enough to keep their minds working and focused in on what their job is. Kevin Harlan with his final thought here with you. And what kind of shock waves would this send around the NFL if the Jaguars pulled this off at Arrowhead? Well, right now, I think everybody loves the Cinderella. We love it in the NCAA tournament. We we don't see it as often maybe in some of the sports that have a seven-game series tied with their sport. And, uh, and, and so, you know, usually you play seven games, the better team will prevail. But in the NFL and in college football, you know, it, it's it's uh, it's 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 sudden death, right? It's single elimination. And and you are facing that with every game. Listen, last year in the AFC championship game, the Chiefs had a sizable lead at halftime and all they had to do was hang on. And Cincinnati and Joe Burrow came back and stunned them. The record for road teams in the playoffs is not as lopsided as you would think on one side, it is, it's a pretty, it, it's a pretty level playing field, actually. It, it's, it's very close to 500. And, and, and so I think that gives teams like the Bengals last year, hope that they don't blink. They continue to go. And why would the Jaguars blink? They just played the chiefs this season. They know what they can do. They, 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 they they've handled it. They, they know exactly what they're going to face. They were down by a ton this past weekend in the playoffs. And the first time they've been there in a while, they handled that. Um, I, I, I just, I just think that that right now, um, most knowledgeable people in the league know that on any game and in any location that anybody can win, and it is not a certainty. So, the heavy money was toward the Chiefs last year against the Bengals. Cincinnati came from a double-digit deficit and won in the AFC Championship game. And um, we saw San Francisco almost do it in Los Angeles in the NFC championship game last year against the Rams. Um, here we are at the divisional phase. Uh, there's no doubt that that uh, anything can happen. I don't think a lot of people gave the Giants a, a, a great deal of hope going to Minnesota last year against the 13 win or last week against the 13 win Viking team. So I'm I'm confident that we'll see a quality game. I don't think that, that it'll be too big for the Jaguars at all. Listen, you're talking about a quarterback that is a national championship quarterback. He he played college. He knows exactly what he's getting into, and uh, I think that's when they they shine their brightest, as we saw last week, and I think we'll see this week uh, at Saturday in Kansas City. Kevin, real pleasure. Thanks for the time, and uh, have a great call on Saturday. JP, thank you. Always fun to visit with you. Congratulations to 
uh, that organization and what they've done. And for that fan base, uh, so many have stayed so loyal to it and and love their team. Um, uh, what, a, what a fun time to be a Jaguar fan with the best ahead. It may not happen in Kansas City. It may, uh, but with the best ahead, with the young team, exciting players, and uh, and 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 really with with no ceiling here, it's they're going to be a great story for years to come.